Reading today is from Isaiah 58. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. They ask, why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such a fast that I choose, a, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down a head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Next month, the clergy of biannual conference will gather in Lexington. It'll be right in the throes of the appointment-making process. And so the presenter that day will be hard to hear over all the whispers about which pastor is going to which appointment. It would get our attention if the bishop were to announce that day, Pastors, I have an appointment available to you. If you would like to lead a congregation that seeks after God, that likes to know God's ways and is drawing near to Him, that is faithful in fasting, then would you please raise your hands? The district superintendents would have to scramble to write down all the names of the pastors who are ready to serve that congregation. Then the bishop would continue. Thank you, pastors. Just so you know, the Lord is not giving that congregation the attention that they would like. 
God is frustrated with them because all of their attention-seeking acts of piety are just self-serving attempts to get what they want. They don't know what matters to God. The church doesn't know their neighbors. They don't care about their neighbors. Their Sunday morning piety has nothing to do with how they live the rest of the week. They may enjoy knowing about God's ways, but that church is not participating in God's ways. At which point, a steady stream of pastors would make their way to the superintendents to announce that they weren't really raising their hand, just stretching. No one wants to lead that church. The church that knows all the right words, but does none of the right actions. No one wants to be part of that church. But there are too many churches that are that church. Let us pray and act in ways such that Central never becomes that church. This bit I read from the prophet Isaiah was written while Israel was reassembling in Jerusalem. They were coming back in from the exile, rebuilding the city, rebuilding the temple. And Isaiah saw that they were becoming that church. More troubling. God saw it too. The worshippers complained that God did not see them in their fasting, but that wasn't the case at all. God saw their fasting and was unimpressed. The worshippers thought that if they did these pious acts, then God would be forced to respond to their demands. God was not. And they felt like ignored children. Did you know it's okay for a child to be ignored? Hear me out. Don't submit to the paper. Pastor says ignore children. Let's imagine that some parents want their children to learn manners. That having manners matters to the parents. So the parents start early. When the child points to something and says, gimme, the parents respond with a patient, say please. Eventually, like a conditioned dog, the child is supposed to learn to say, please. Parents are not supposed to spend years saying, say please. But if saying please isn't catching on, the parents have to take their training to another level, and a point and a gimme is met with silence. The child is ignored while the parents continue to do whatever it is that they were doing. The demand gets louder and whinier. Give me, but to no avail. The parents are not moved by the demand. Now let's be clear. The parents have not forgotten the child. They have not stopped loving the child. They haven't taken away their blessing and provision from the child. The child is not in danger or being neglected. Instead, he is learning that bad behavior will not be rewarded. The parents are choosing not to honor what is being done against what matters to them. When they have taught it and reiterated it 
They're not going to give the child more attention or meet the child's demands when the child isn't responding to them. There are reasons we speak of God as a father, a loving parent. One is that God's love never ends. Another is that God knows how to get our attention. If we are not going to adapt to the ways of God, despite God's repeated instruction, then God isn't going to respond to us just because we tossed up another empty request. Now, that church that the bishop is offering may argue the people of Jerusalem, as they return to the temple, may have argued that their requests are not empty. They wholeheartedly want God to do whatever it is they have asked God to do, just as any child wholeheartedly wants the parent to do whatever it is the child demands. But at some point, we pray, the maturing child realizes that if their parents meet every demand that they make, they will end up beyond spoiled. More of a plague on society than a benefit to it. At some point, we pray, God's children get the same message. More to the point, the more time we spend following God's ways, the more we realize that our prayers are less about God getting, God doing what it is we want God to do, and more about our becoming more of who it is God wants us to become. God isn't here to meet our every demand. So why is God here? Because God always has been. Because God is the creator and redeemer and sustainer of God's good earth. Because God has a desire to bring about the restoration of His creation, including His beloved children. God wants things set right. Those seem obvious enough. So maybe the better question is, why are we here then? For some reason, God loves us. From the beginning... God has shown God's interest in us, God's care for us, God's desire to be in covenant, in a relationship with us. God wants us, for some reason, as God's partners in ministry. Note that it's always plural. God doesn't enter into covenant with a single person. It may have been established with Abraham, but Sarah was right there beside him and the promise was to the descend, that the descendants would be like the stars in the sky. We may baptize persons individually, but it is always into a Christian community. God doesn't love just you. God loves you and all of God's children. Bread for the World puts out a prayer card every year, a way during the season of Lent to think about um, those in God's creation beyond ourselves. 
along with some scriptures to read and reflect on and some prayers they offer you, they also give an exercise for you to practice. I was looking at this year's version, and and one of the exercises they invite us to do is to spend a day fasting from easy water. Listen, they're not advocating not drinking water for a day. They're not advocating not cooking with water. They're not advocating not bathing. Just raising our awareness about the people in the world who can't lift a handle or turn a knob and get good water. They challenge us to get our entire day's supply from the faucet in the bathtub or more challenging, from the spigot outside. If our question is, why would we do that? They would suggest that a single day of being able to get that day's worth of water from a bathtub or a spigot just barely inconveniently outside of your home would be a dream come true for a billion of God's beloved children. They're not asking us to feel guilty about our access to good water. They're asking us to be grateful for it, to not take it for granted. And they're reminding us that something that basic to our lives that we hardly ever consider the fact that it is available to us is a necessity that much of the world lives without. Much of our Siblings live without. The Israelites complained that they must be covered in darkness so that God could not see them because their fasting wasn't getting the results that they wanted. To which God responded, you've got it wrong. I see you. But I choose a different fast. It's not about looking pious so I can see that you have some piety in you. It's about being pious because you have faithfulness in you. You want the darkness to go away? Then let your light rise. And as God describes how it is that our light comes to rise, it becomes increasingly clear that our light's brightness correlates with our concern for God's children, all of God's children. When we help others, we see and are seen in better light. Our gloominess and theirs begins to give way to the noonday sun. Like children who have finally caught on to what matters to their parents, when our lives reflect what matters to God, the relationship with God changes. We no longer feel like ignored children and begin to understand that God has made us to be His partners in ministry. God's partners in ministry. And that is when people want to join that church. And pastors want to lead that church. Because when what is said and done on Sunday mornings matches what is said and done throughout the week, God is pleased.
God is pleased. And God's light shines. Our light reflects that. To God be the glory.